Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Juvo Hub podcast. We're grateful to have you back as an amazing, wonderful audience. We're grateful to produce some educational content for you. And I am so excited to have back again to the show, Dr. Debbie Phillips from The Quadrillion and Mike Weller from Intelligence Consulting Partners. If you've tuned into previous episodes with these two esteemed guests, you know we have been talking about safety, emergency management, policies and procedures, anything around that topic to really help our industry become more aware of what they can do as leaders and as employees. Today's episode is focusing specifically on the training. And I think this is a nice roundup to this particular segment of episodes that we have been producing because we've talked about best practices. We've talked about the perspective, the mindset, the personal uh, assessment and how you manage crisis. And today we're going to talk specifically on the benefits that come when an organization has a training program in place. So Mike and Dr. Debbie, Thank you again for being with us on the show today. So we're, I'm going to put this question to both of you. Mike, we want to hear from you because we know you, Intelligence Consulting Partners does have a very specific process that you, that you work with your clientele on when it comes to training. But let's just start it out. Sometimes people have this misconception. Well, we've got a policies and procedures manual. That's that's what it's there for. They need to read that. Why is training so important for an organization? You know, I tell you what, well, first off, thanks again. Good morning, uh, Jonathan and Dr. Debbie. Appreciate uh, us all getting together again and have this conversation. Um, you know, let me let me just start this by saying this. Why? Why? That's the biggest question that you ever get, no matter where you go. And what I have recently learned or, or put into my repertoire, if you will, is if you let people know the why, they're more apt to do what it is that you're asking them to do, right? We live in a generation XYZ, whatever you want to classify people at now, but we're so intertwined with one another that people are so much more knowledgeable and educated on certain aspects, right? We certainly hope that they don't just take everything from social media standpoint, thinking that this is it, this is the answer. The reality is, is we should do a little bit more homework, right? And we should we should definitely do some training that, that's incorporated around that. So when I say that, I talk about, let's empower people to understand what the why is. And if we let them understand what that why is, we're going to have so much more success or at least buy in, right? At least buy into what's happening. So, so from intelligence consulting partners, one of the things that we have, have put together is a five-step model, right? Step one is we come out, we do an assessment of an organization, right? We take a look at what the parameters that are in place. We take a look at not only what they have in place, but policies that they have in place, right? We have robust conversations with HR departments uh, of these organizations to say, okay, are we within the confines and can we do what it is that you're asking them to do? The next thing is, is we establish some type of, of security. If they have a security that's there, uh, we, will, we will then kind of branch that out separately and do kind of a separate training session for them. 
Um, and then, and then the next one we'll do is the employees. So we got to teach the employees what these new parameters are that the organization needs to, or wants to invoke, <clears throat> excuse, excuse me, wants to invoke within the, the personnel within their, their organization. So then, so then we look at other alternatives about not only training the employee, but mid-level management, right? There's a big difference. I don't want to say a big difference, but there's certainly a difference of responsibility between uh, workers that are doing the job, middle management, and then executives, and then you have your CEO or CFOs of the organization. And each one of those, there's layers that's important for them to recognize and understand. So for instance, we may come in and teach an active threat mitigation or a workplace violence uh, to, the, to the workers, right? To make them understand what the concept of, you know, of escape, uh, barricade, survive, the same concept as run, hide, fight, right? But, but those are parameters that we talk about. But here's the thing, middle management now needs to understand not only that aspect, but now they need to understand the next level of responsibility, correct? Those responsibilities continue to grow at each and every one of those levels. So I think it's important for them, to, for everybody to realize that you're, you're fulfilling a role, whatever that role is within that organization, you have responsibilities. And to understand what those responsibilities becomes our push as a policy writer for an organization to say, okay, these are the things that you need to be focused on. And then we get up to an executive level where we actually do what we call tabletop exercises or red cell exercises to say this event's occurring and we put timestamps on it to kind of put some, some um, stare in a sterile environment to put a little artificial stimuli. Because as the heart rate increases, obviously some of those decisions are going to be hampered and also could possibly falter as well. And in every single one of these, it's not about I got you. It's about enhancing the quality of knowledge that that person has at that specific level. But no matter where you fall on that spectrum, right, it's critically important for everybody to realize that these are life skills. These aren't just organizational skills. These are life skills that can enhance me as a person. One of the things that I always do in every single one of our seminars is I always start off by saying, at the end of our seminar, I'm going to give you a test. And of course, everybody kind of changes their mind, mantra at that point, right? Oh my God, I got to pay attention. I got to pay attention. And yeah. it's not about, not about catching them off guard, right? It's about at the end. And then my take home message at the very end is this. It's a test question that I'm never going to, I'm never going to evaluate it. I'm never going to grade it. What I'm going to ask you to do is to take some of this invaluable information, take it home, share it with a loved one to enhance their abilities to maybe have a little bit more success at maybe a place that they're not as passionate about teaching some of these things, right? Having those conversations with our children, right? With our family, maybe we can empower them to become a little bit stronger as well too. So I think enhancing one's knowledge base, it starts to create this atmosphere of knowledge that now allows them to realize that they're cared about. They're cared about. And if they're cared about at work, guess what? They're going to be more productive. They're going to be more engaging. 
they're going to be more excited, but also allowing them to have a voice on some type of committee that we talked about in a previous setting about the policy procedure, because now you're allowing their voice to now be heard. And guess what they have? They have ownership. And when somebody has ownership, they tie a lot more to it and they're going to be more apt to apply these principles. So not to belabor it, we'll come back and forth, but I certainly want to pass the torch here. And that's kind of my, my initial thoughts about the importance of training and the value of training when we're doing it each and every day. Beautiful. Beautiful. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Dr. Debbie, what do you think? Well, what I'd like to start off our conversation today about is transformative learning. And I want to give you three dimensions of having a transformative learning culture. The first starts with psychological. It's exactly what Mike talked about, the why. Then there comes the second step, behavioral. The hardest thing to do is change behavior. And then the third aspect is convictional that I have to believe it so much and so strongly that it becomes a non-negotiable. It's where I, where the learner permanently shifts of perspective and has that aha moment. So for leaders out there, I want you to have a transformative learning culture. For our front lines, I want it to be so ingrained that you don't have to think about it. We've talked about this in previous programs. What becomes your default? How do you execute on it? Where our learning is purposeful and very, very practical. So that's what I'd like to, to suggest today, that you leave today being committed to being a part of a transformative culture that focuses on learning through psychological, behavioral, and conviction. Excellent. Uh, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. Both, both of those perspectives, and I'll tell you, uh, Dr. Debbie, Mikey, I think you guys know me well enough. It's like training has been in my blood for a, a long, long time. A lot of people see me as the the marketing nerd, which is fine. I, I got the glasses. I'll wear a pocket protector if you want me to. Yeah. But, but at the heart of it all, it's always been about education. So I think of Okay, these are non-critical life things that I, that I'm a uh, subject matter expert about. But it was so empowering. Every single class I've taught to help people get under to understand technology yeah. was transformative to them. They came up. That's what their perspective was. So here we are today on this show talking about yeah. safety, talking about situational awareness, talking about best practices from a site level to a corporate level on the uh, policies and procedures that may be in place that are in place. And the only way that that can be to your point, Dr. Debbie, and to yours, Mike, transformative and two, so that the employee feels that value. It can't just be see here, read this. Mm -hmm. 
and, and we, we, we hope for the best. No, there, there has to be something there. There needs to be a training. There needs to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, a group where you're role playing out these scenarios. Uh, we talked about the tabletop, uh, Mike, you mentioned on, on a previous episode. So I, I love, I love the passion from both of you. I think that's why I was just for a moment there just a bit, just a bit speechless because I was absorbing it because it's, 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 this is not a show for, uh, to, to walk away with, hey, you know, I'll give it some thought. We we're, we're putting this out there because we want all of you to take it very, very seriously and, and see where you can make some improvements as an organization. And to, and if you are doing this already, hat tip to you. I mean, that's just great. That's just, it's just, it's amazing. Keep up the good work. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we, I, I want to dive in with both of you. Now, again, a very serious topic. So what's the flavor behind it? Like, what's the emotion behind that training? Uh, fear, success, what, what's the energy that we want to be able to produce in those training sessions? So let's just take a, a quick break and we'll come back and we'll dive into, into that topic. Are your supervisors in compliance? When supervisors make mistakes, everyone is at risk. Compliance training lowers that risk. Juvo Hub is happy to announce its new online course, Sexual Harassment Prevention and Training for Supervisors. Learn more about this course at juvahub.com, your helping hand in property management education. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Thank you again for being here on the Juvo Hub podcast. We have with us today Dr. Debbie Phillips from The Quadrillion and Mike Weller from Intelligence Consulting Partners. We are discussing the benefits of training in your organization. Now we're going to cover the aura. We know we've talked that you, you, it's just a must. That's it. Take away. It's a must. You must have training when it comes to these things, but what's the aura? Um, uh, Dr. Debbie, can we start with you this time? What, what in your and, and you've got years and years of training history, like just from that principle alone, what is the frame, what is the mindset a student have to have in order to absorb whatever they're being trained with? What, what's been your experience? Okay, I want all of our listeners to uh, write down 5% to 80%. And I want to talk just very quickly about what I call the learning pyramid. You know, you have 5% retention if you just go to a lecture. Then you have 10% if you read it. You have 20% audiovisual if we look at some slides. If we participate in some sort of demonstration, we have 30% retention. If we have a small group discussion, we have 50% retention. If we have simulated learning, which we talked about in our last session, 75% mm -hmm. retention. But here's where 80% and above retention comes. It comes through teaching others. It comes through saying, I've got a safety procedure. I've learned it. Now I want to teach it to someone else. The great leadership guru, Stephen Covey, he says, 
you can retain something much more if you take it in your own notes and then go teach it to someone else. That's why I make a practice. When I'm giving my presentations, I never give handouts. I will let, I will share those handouts at the end, but I am absolutely, um, I want every one of our attendees to write the notes in their own handwriting. Because when you take the notes yourself and then you have to go teach it to others, you will be able to take in that information. So I've just reviewed what I call the learning pyramid, 5% retention to 80% and above. When you are actually teaching it to someone else, it's baked in at a much deeper level. I love it. I love that pyramid. I'm so, so glad that you, you brought that up. It's, it is, it's, it's a pinnacle visual for me on, on retention. And I, and I've lived by that pyramid myself too, when, when teaching. So fantastic, awesome framework. Now, Mike, I want to bring it to you now because you and I have had conversations about the various case studies that uh, you and Pete have been involved in with intelligence consulting partners. And, you know, to, to get completely frank, it's, it, it, there's, they're scary. I mean, it's, it's a scary topic. Some of the things that uh, you, you are involved in, but now you need to be in front of an audience. So here's our audience here on the Juvo Hub podcast. They want to be able to train their, their team using the principles that Dr. Debbie just, just highlighted. How do you get the right mindset? Like, what does that, what's the emotion? How do you set the tone? Uh, so that that retention is possible. What are your thoughts on that, Mike? Yeah, I, I will say this, and I appreciate you bringing that forward, Jonathan, because um, when we when we look at what we talk about with active threat mitigation, right, that, that runs the gamut as to why this happened or why it took place. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a very fearful, scary conversation to have. But I think it's an important conversation to have, right? And I don't try to make light of the situations, but I definitely want to bring people into the realm of the real world to be able to have a real understanding and knowledge of what actually took place. Unfortunately, as a society, as I illustrated a little bit earlier about social media and things of that nature, although it's a great resource to uh, spend some 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 time to kind of decompress, if you will. But it's certainly not a place for me to get my foundational knowledge from. And I need to make sure that when I when I get to the facts of an incident, fill in the blank of the case study, there's a lot of work that goes behind the scene on that. Right. right. And, and I'll tell you, in 30 plus years in law enforcement, the hardest audience that I've ever had to stand in front of are seasoned police officers. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to bring this full circle for you in a second. So don't let me bore you. So, so seasoned police officers are the absolute most difficult audience to get in front of and to validate stuff and to explain why. Remember, we talked about the why earlier, why it's important for them to have to do certain things because they've seen it all. They've done it all, they know how to do it, and they just wanna know what time we're getting out of there, right? 
So, so nothing that I can validate to them is going to, is going to change their mindset. What I found was it was critically important to get to that why and to give a fundamental foundation, but go from the cognitive side, but come to the heart and make sure everybody understands the passion that we need to display and we need to have. And my job as an instructor was to get in front of them and extract that that warmth, right? That that lovingness, that why I got involved in this in the beginning, in the first place. So I think no audience is really any different, right? right. When you get in front of an audience, it's important for them to recognize all those uh, those obstacles that are going to be standing before you, but don't hide them, don't glaze over them. Recognize them, recognize them, and let's move on. Let's give an explanation as to why. And it's so funny. When you look at any audience, right, when you're training an audience, it never changes from place to place, just the faces and the names. The front seat people are all engaged. The middle of the road, while I'm here, I'm going to listen. And those in the back row are like, I'm here because management told me I had to be here, right? So what do I always do? I always go right to the rear and I start teaching from the rear and I try to get those folks engaged because Sometimes those are going to be the ones that aren't going to be quite as engaged and, and have a true, but they have a lot of knowledge. They have a lot of information and it's up to the instructor or the person in front of them to extract that. Right. And as you extract that information, you certainly are going to get more buy-in from the organization. Here's the other part of this equation. Management has a big part in this just for them to call us and say, Hey, we're looking at this. This is what we like to do. That's a critical step. That's a critical step in the right direction to say, we want to change the culture in what we're doing and how we're doing it. But they're empowering us. They're trusting in us as the instructors, as the organization, as the, as the intelligent consulting partners to come in and to help to validate these things. Look, here's what it comes down to. It's about building relationships. And those relationships are the foundation. If you don't have a strong relationship, guess what? There is zero communication. And if there's zero communication, then you're just wasting your time. You're spinning your wheels. So again, it's important that we recognize all these aspects to get us where we need to get to in order to have that success. And then we tie it all the way in to the point where I want you, I want you to tell me the important things that you learned out of this today, right? I want you to give me some strategies that's going to help to enhance this organization. So I, I use the word empowerment, and I think empowerment is so big, you know, and, and that and that's part of that transformational aspect that Dr. Debbie talks about. And if we don't get into that aspect, then we're wasting our time. And and this is so invaluable because it's not about if. It's when, right? Remember we talked about it in previous ones. This is an event, whether it happens on that level or another level, but just understand this, the harvest, the harvest time shooting um, in Las Vegas, that impacted more people across the United States than any other event because of the sheer nature of what that event was. Mm -hmm. And that right there, when I say education is so important, and knowledge is so important is because you don't know when or how it's going to strike you, but it's it's about when it's going to strike you and to what degree 
or what level. I hope that that makes makes sense what I'm talking about. It does. It does. And I'm, I'm grateful you kind of took it from two different perspectives, like me as the student versus you as the instructor, because that's in the flavor of our conversation, being able to take on training. Yeah, you, you you have to have a degree of humility to feel like, Oh, I, I need this information. Uh, so like the back row people, and sometimes, as you mentioned, you know, you can be a veteran in the police force and feel like you've seen everything and done everything. But if we're truly got at least a little bit of humility, we know that there's always room to learn more. There's all we, we're, we need to be teachable. There's uh, and, and even to Dr. Debbie's point, if we're at a session where we only retain 5% of the information, that means 95% of what was being taught did not stick. So there is nothing wrong with going back because hopefully you'll get an additional 5% or an additional 10%, whatever the case may be. So just knowing that about who we are as a student should give us a little perspective on why we want to be available for training. And then from the trainer's perspective, you brought out both of you some nice points on, on our delivery. So I think we've really come away with a couple of, uh, excuse me, a couple of different perspectives and why training is, is so imperative um, on this subject and on any other subject. So to kind of wrap it up, is, is there like from an, an instructor perspective, and maybe you can share a couple things, Mike, from, from what you see is your material. Does, do you feel like it's having to always evolve and how you're teaching it or what you're sharing as far as best practices and, and how does that apply to our audience when it comes to the training that they deliver? Like, why is it so important to keep it fresh for your employees? Yeah, so, so we talk about dynamic and fluid, right? These events are ever-evolving. Unfortunately, it's something that doesn't go away. And I think it's important for us to recognize because we learn from each one of these events. Therefore, we need to stay relevant into today, right? We also need to stay in the now. That also ties into best practices across the nation. And we need to, as an organization, inspire those around us. You know, inspiring those around us is so important because then then they understand the why they understand the passion. And, and, and if we if we as an organization can at least empower those people around us to understand how how concerning this is, you know, after after the event that happened in Columbine, right after the event that happened uh, at, at fill in the blank location. Every single organization is looking at those policies and procedures and saying, oh, my God, am I doing the right things? And are we establishing the right parameters? And, and in ours, we have over 170 some odd case studies that we've done, you know, all the way from, you know, Newtown, Connecticut um, to uh, Colorado to, you know, fill again, fill in the blank, unfortunately. And each one of these, yeah. we've we've learned invaluable things. And it's important for us to be able to bring that full circle. And then just the last thing real quick, Jonathan, to go back on Dr. Debbie, what she, she talked about is 
scenario-based training, right? Simulated training. That is so invaluable and so criti uh, critically important that if we have an opportunity to portray that or do that in a setting, in a training site, that's the, the option that we would choose to go. Because again, lecturing people isn't necessarily, as we know, the best alternative. And as a manager and an executive, I don't want to just be the one checking the box. If I'm just checking a box, am I really standing behind the product, right? Am I really standing behind what we're doing? So again, those are those are things, in my opinion, that are that are important, but empowering, inspiring, transformational, all those things I think are, are critically important. And I would ask Dr. Debbie, you know, her thoughts on that. Well, yeah, take it away, Dr. Debbie. I just believe that at the heart of what we're talking about is a culture that values learning. I don't want to go to work with a company. I don't want to have a client that doesn't prioritize learning because in life you either win or you learn. And as educators, we are all committed to rigor and relevance. You know, just teaching surface topics is one thing. But if you truly care about your associates, and my PhD dissertation was around employee engagement. A satisfied employee says, I like my work. An engaged employee says, I love my company. I love my team members. We know that having a best friend at work is a significant driver of employee engagement. We want to return home safe to our families. And so at the heart of our learning culture has to be safety and security. And while we're talking about physical safety, I'd like to also say psychological safety. We have to trust one another. We have to love one another in a way that we are looking out for one another. I'm not gonna let somebody get on the ladder without having you know, the safety belt. I'm not going to let someone lift something at work without having the proper equipment. So while all of these series of programs that we have talked about have this congruence and this continuity of learning, I want us to also think about the thread that keeps us together is trust. It's the glue that holds us together. It's the relationships, to Mike's point. Why are we here today? Because we care about one another. We want to create safe environments for people to thrive and use their genius zone. So I want us to think about learning as a core value. If you don't have learning as a core value, talk to senior leadership and say, you know what, we've got to elevate this conversation because we want to create lifelong learners. And that's what threads us together today. Love it. I love it. Thank you both. A very powerful and passionate uh, points for all of our audience to take away from. So look at your training program, Look for ways to make some adjustments, 
what is its theme? What is its feel? What is its aura? So many, so many amazing takeaways. So thank you both for helping us all appreciate the importance of not just having a policies and procedures manual when it comes to the safety of our team, but really reinforce it with quality and regular training. So thank you again for your both being on the show. Excellent takeaways. So we want to make sure our audience can stay in touch with you. Dr. Debbie, how can people stay in touch with you and your organization? Absolutely. It's Debbie Phillips at thequadrillion.com. So my email is Debbie at thequadrillion, not million trillion, but thequadrillion.com. Thank you for allowing me to be here today. It's been an honor to have you on the show, my friend. Thank you so much for your insights. I know our audience, again, greatly appreciated it. Mike Weller from intelligence consulting partners good sir how can people stay in touch with you yeah jonathan thanks again definitely appreciate the two of you all uh if anybody would like to get a hold of us and look at some of our our um, opportunities that that lie out there for them if we can even help point them in the right direction and consult for them uh, we certainly are available in doing that but just check us out at the www intelligenceconsultingpartners.com. I'm sure Jonathan will have that posted at the end as well, too. Uh, feel free to reach out to us. We, um, you know, no question goes unturned, but whatever it is that you may need or want or suggestions, we're always available. So uh, thanks again for giving uh, giving us the opportunity, ICP, the opportunity to, uh, to be on these fantastic um, podcasts. Yeah. No, the audience is very grateful. I'm very grateful to both of you. Amazing leadership both of you have taken for this topic, and you both are a wealth of resources. So to all in our audience, please check out both of their websites and, and see where you can use their services in your organization. So thank you again. My name is Jonathan Saar. This is the Juvo Hub podcast. Please connect with us. If this is your first time hearing the show, Look at previous episodes about this topic and a wealth of other topics that are available too that are all educational tools for you in your team. So follow us on Instagram at JuvoHub. This show is in video format on YouTube and it's also, of course, in podcast. So you can find us on any of the major podcast stations. Thank you again, everyone. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Thanks,